hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan, Brave the Wild is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you once again for joining me today. The Minnesota Wild continue to make trades, and a trade that didn't happen at the last second due to unknown reasons. With Jason Soccer going to Calgary, that never did happen. Other big moves did happen, but hey, a different mentality to this team and the Minnesota Wild go four and zero oh this past week. What's the one thing fans, media, coaches, general managers have been begging for for the last X amount of years? We're probably talking seven years, whatever, since this team started making the playoffs again. Shoot the damn puck. Just shoot the damn puck, and guess what? Minnesota acquiring players that shoot the damn puck, especially Ryan Donato, who, yeah, (laughs) has had a hell of a start to his Minnesota career. Uh, Six points in four games, incredible run there. One goal, five assists. Uh, Ryan Donato has just been an incredible addition to this team. Is it a sugar high? I hope not. The guy clearly has some skill. He just needed an opportunity. Very deep Boston Bruins lineup and all that. But uh, things taking shape. The, my only complaint can become, well, maybe the line combinations in terms of like guys that all shoot left because there's really hardly any right shots remaining on the roster. And one of the right shots having to become a center, which is kind of funny how that turns out because, well, Mikhail Granlund traded to Nashville for the, the very often mentioned Kevin Fiala. Yeah, so Kevin Fiala ends up coming to Minnesota at the end of the day. Those of you that have been living in a cave, this might be news for you. But yeah, I mean, they talked about him on and on and on during the course of the season. Michael Russo and such that, uh, you know, Mr. Fenton has been looking at Kevin Fiala for quite a while. He was a part of drafting him in 2014. The 2014 draft, pretty interesting deal there when you look at it. Let's look at Kevin Fiala very briefly. Born July 22nd, 1996, out of Switzerland. So, very cool to have him on board. The Swiss mister. And he will be wearing the same number as the former Swiss player, Mr. Nino Niederreiter. Not nearly as tall. Nino Niederreiter, kind of a beast out there. About 6'4", 6'5". This guy, about 5'10". But a shoot-first mentality. Nino Niederreiter just didn't shoot the puck all the time. Jason Zucker doesn't shoot the puck all the time, but he's shooting it a little more now. You're noticing a change. Uh... Mikhail Granlin didn't shoot the puck all the time, though he did have a nice, cool goal against the uh, New York Rangers. Little did we know that would be his last game with Minnesota, or at least his last goal with Minnesota, pardon me. He would play against the St. Louis Blues and have some opportunities getting on net. Had a, had a bit of a shoot-first mentality in that game, but generally speaking, Charlie Coyle especially is uh, pretty much the king of frustration in terms of not shooting the puck. Uh, there was a game, the way he debuted against the uh, in his first game with the Boston Bruins anyway, 0 Shots and goal, but he did have a shootout goal. So, okay, it was, he had a nice shootout goal, but he didn't shoot the puck on net the entire game, or at least he didn't get one puck on net in about 18 minutes for the Boston Bruins. So, again, it's just the same old story when you sit down and think about it. Where Donato can get three to five shots per game, pretty much. Kevin Fiala will get a few. Early start, obviously only one game out of him so far. Very uh, highly touted coming out of Switzerland in the Swedish, the Swedish Hockey League at this time, way back in 13-14 and 14-15. Again, drafted by Paul Fenton and, of course, his boss there in Nashville. But ultimately, Fenton making the decision and getting approved by his boss. He had 14 points in 20 games and 11 points in the 17 games the year before with Sweden. And then ultimately gets to the AHL with the Milwaukee Admirals with the guy by the name of... Uh, 
Mr. Dean Evanson. So, <laughs> yeah, Mr. Dean Evanson, yeah. So, Dean Evanson has worked with a lot of these players, including uh, Mr. Potato, this guy, and that guy. So, it's getting interesting where Dean Evanson, there's there's always that possibility he might end up being the coach of the Minnesota Wild in the not-too-distant future. Uh, last year, after breaking his femur, Kevin Fiala had 48 points, 23 of them goals in 17-18. That was his major breakthrough year in the NHL. Otherwise, some pretty awesome years in the AHL. 15-16, 50-point season, 32 of them uh, assists at the end of the day. And then uh, the year after that in Nashville, kind of a slow start, only 16 points in 54 games, but 11 of them goals. Again, more of a shoot-first mentality. This season, though, so far has struggled a bit. Maybe his role diminished uh, a bit as well. Nashville continued to making, uh, continuing to make moves, bringing in veterans, this and that, some strong players, including Mikhail Granlin, who will hopefully be a help for that roster. I'm sure he will be at some point, a second-line center or second-line right wing, left wing, whatever it is, because Granlin is fairly versatile, and to play for Minnesota these days, you're going to have to be versatile because, well, there's just too many left shots, and you got to have some right shots or somebody at least shooting from the right side, uh, even if you shoot left, that type of thing. So it's going to be complicated in that sense. But Kevin Fiala, still a very bright future, only 22 years of age, still a pretty good chance this guy's going to make something of himself in the in the NHL. Uh, there were some intriguing players taken around him back in 2014 including Alex Tuck just a couple picks later, who's off to a pretty good start with the uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights. Did, didn't do a whole lot with Minnesota. The one that's, boy, the one that you wish Minnesota could have gotten, maybe we slid to or whatever, Dylan Larkin, 15th pick in the 2014 draft. He has been incredible for Detroit. And we'll talk about him a little bit when we play the Detroit Red Wings again this week. It's the second game out of four to review. But uh, he's been just an awesome player for them. 60 to 80 point seasons at the center position. We could sure use Dylan Larkin right now for Minnesota. He'd be the top-line center for the next 10 years or more. So that would be great. I would be like this, like this. Let's just do it like this. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, that would be great. But unfortunately, it's just not going to happen without trading half your freaking roster. Boston Bruins, we could sure use uh, David Pasternak, too. He's a legitimate right-shooting, right-winger. He has been really big-time. Same draft and 25th overall. He would have replaced Coyle in a heartbeat just via the draft in terms of, uh, well, he could have been the right winger and Coyle could have been the center, but, well, that's just out of the question. That's a Swedish player right there. So, or at least he played in the Swedish league anyway. Oh, Lord. Hmm. <laughs> John Quinville. That's interesting, but we'll leave that alone. Um, man, so many good players in that 2014 draft, including Alex Tuck, who took a little while with Minnesota and the AHL as well and, uh, and all that, but, man, hmm. Kevin Viola still... Needs to meet his potential. He's he's not there yet. He's just not. Um, he's got the speed, though. He's another left shot. Again, it's like the talk was Zucker for Fiala. It just kept happening. Zucker for, for, for Fiala, Zucker for Fiala, and then it ends up being Granlund for Fiala, which is like, okay, um, yeah, that's a nice trade, I think. Uh, it's Mikhail Granlund. We got a draft pick, right? No, we didn't. We didn't get a draft pick. So that's a little bit frustrating at the end of the day. So I'm not really sure where to go with that. But, uh, well, that's just kind of how things are at this point. But so far, again, for Fiala, 10 goals and 22 assists so far in the 64 games with Nashville. Again, a right shot. So the line combinations are a bit strange, a bit awkward. Again, I mean, you have, like, no centers left. 
Uh, Yul Eriksson Ek, Jule Eriksson Ek, does he move up to the second line? No, you keep him down on the fourth. Again, the Lions shuffling again and again with all these trades. Uh, Matt Hendricks, again, Minnesota native, we've heard about him many times, of course, and he was a right shot, uh, right wing, whatever, right shot center, blah, blah, blah. Right this, right that, but all the right shots are on their way out and more lefties coming in. Seventh round pick for Matt Hendricks, going back to the Winnipeg Jets, so that kind of is what that is. Bonus uh, Aberg, he's either injured or he's sick or he's injured or he's sick, but, well, he ended up playing right wing uh, the other night against the Winnipeg Jets, so that's good. Number 26, Pontus Aberg will be on the, f- the third line. Centered by Yule Eriksson, Ryan Donato just continues to rack up points as he remains in his rightful position of left wing rather than right wing. Again, though, I mean, you got Kevin Fiala, who's a left shot, left winger, whatever, just like Jason Zucker, and he's quick. He's playing on the right side. Jason Zucker's a left shot. He's playing on the right side because Jordan Greenway's left shot. Uh, Parisi's left shot. Donato's left shot. Marcus Salino's left shot. And you could go on and on and on and on. Cunning is a right shot, and he's playing center. So wrap your head around that one. You might as well have taken a chance with Greenway, but I don't know. I suppose Cunning did a pretty good job at center. Uh, Greenway has played center. Cunning has played center. Obviously, Erickson Eck, Jewel Erickson Eck, has played center many times, and that's pretty much what he is. I'd rather keep Erickson Eck where he is, and he's playing great right now, so you don't want to mess with that. Uh, Ryan Donato has played center, and of course, Eric Fair has played center many times. Looks like JT Brown's going to be employed with Minnesota the rest of the year, I think, unless somebody else emerges. Uh, would have liked to seen uh, Sam Anas emerge to get a shot, but there's so many good players on the Wild roster that deserve to be on the power play. It's really tough to get uh, Sam Anas up here, even though he plays a position of need, uh, shooting from the right side and all that. But, well, I mean, Zucker needs to stay in the NHL, no kidding. Kevin Viola, I would hope we didn't trade Granlin away to send him down to the AHL. That would be kind of weird. Aberg. I don't know. I don't. I don't really know about Aberg that much. He's okay. He, he, I wouldn't call him a sniper, but again, at least you're getting more of a shoot first mentality with this team, and it's finally happening. Like they're actually winning games. You're finally seeing the puck getting on net. You're not seeing the stupid cute passes that are unnecessary that just cost us. And occasionally, it's a stupid turnover that gets you an on man rush going the other way. Obviously, which we all know what that can do. Uh, rather, Dubnik is standing on his head or sucking, <laughs> whatever it is, because every goalie goes through hot and cold stretches. Uh, but that's usually the cause of those odd man rushes. It's just stupid idiot turnovers, even either in your zone or, of course, just attempting to get a goal. You make a dumb decision, like a defenseman, uh, Batetto, stepping up on some plays, trying for almost like trying to go for like a wraparound or something. I remember when Yul Eriksson did that earlier this year, and I was kind of ticked off. Obviously, he's a center, but it was a bad play because he was all by himself. I don't know what the point was, and it was just, it gave up an odd man rush going the other way. There was just really no point in that, and <laughs> there was nobody there to get the rebound for Minnesota to try to get something, generate a scoring opportunity. But uh, that's where I was frustrated earlier in the year when Eulerson finally got sent down and has come back a completely new person. Uh, and of course, the injury to Koivu ultimately has uh, spelled a full time center job for Jules Eriksson for the hopefully foreseeable future. Uh, again, Kunin. He's a right winger, but he can obviously play center. He, he can play both. He's versatile, and he's been a good center in the past. He's had time in uh, Wisconsin playing the center position. So it happens, of course. Greenway, Jordan Greenway, again, play, has played center for Boston University. If you want to say Boston College, what is Boston University? Uh, Alex Tuck was Boston College. And, of course, Mr. Uh, <laughs> Jack McBain is Boston College at the moment. Again, as I've said a million times, they're not having all of a very good season. Let's look at some of the games. i got to probably try to cut the, cut the time down a bit now because I 
went on so much about the changes in the lineups. Uh, currently, the lines, I'll just go over it really quick. Uh, Eric Stahl, the center. On the left side, Greenway. Right side, Zucker. Cunning is on the second line at the center position. Zach Parisi in his rightful left wing position. Kevin Fiala on the right side. Again, again, he's a left shot, but he's on the right side, so could go on forever with that. Jewel Eriksenek, the center of the third line. Ryan Donato in his right, uh, again, in his left spot. As he's played some right, he's played some left on the line with Parisi not too long ago. Uh, again, uh, Donato left. Pontus Aberg on the right side. And the fourth line, Eric Fair, centering a line with Felino on the left and JT Brown on the right side. That's the current lines at the moment. And I like the defensive pairings better than they've been. Potato has been getting scratched and Sealer's back, which is great. Sealer's played on the right. Uh, Hunt has played on the left. Sometimes you kind of interchange the two. Again, every defenseman is left except basically Spurgeon and Pattern. That's about it. Because, well, you're not going to call up uh, Mr. Belpedio at the moment, I suppose. They're not going to call up uh, Mr. Prosser, I suppose, because uh, I guess we're in love with uh, Potato. And there's no reason to not like Brad Hunt. He's a good, he's a good guy, good player. Uh, puts the puck on net again. Shoot first mentality, and he is he's he's got an accurate shot. He's got a nice delivery on his shot. I really like what uh, Brad Hunt brings to Minnesota uh, on the power play, especially. Um, and again, he can play wing when needed as well, which is pretty cool. But uh, definitely an offensive piece. And Nick Steeler is what he is—a outstanding stalwart defensive defenseman. At the end of the day, of course, Brodine and Pattern. And the very notable Suter and Spurgeon top pairing. So we'll move on now. Talk about the New York Rangers game briefly, I suppose, a week ago <laughs> already, February the 21st, in the land of New York there, Madison Square Garden. New York Rangers, they're kind of doing what we've been doing in a sense, bringing in younger players, getting rid of some of the older guys. Uh, Zuccarello goes to Dallas, breaks his arm in the first game after scoring a goal and getting two assists. Uh, good start to his career with the Dallas Stars, his new career, Zuccarillo, and then he gets injured before the game's over, so that really sucks. A broken bone out about a month at least. Oh, that sucks. You give away prospects, you give away assets, you get this valuable player, and he's injured right away. That that just sucks. That's just really bad luck for the Dallas Stars. I don't like the Dallas Stars at all. I used to, because they were the closest thing we had to the Minnesota North Stars for the longest time, because the Wild weren't around yet, but that was, again, about 20 years ago already. Uh, very solid game for Minnesota, though. Jared Spurgeon getting the power play going. So Minnesota's power play has been good of late, but their penalty kill has been awful of late as they've given up power play goals in like seven, eight games in a row now. It's been a big frustration. Mikhail Granlin from the ground basically raising the puck past, uh, which is, well, raising the puck. Higher percentage shot, and he raised the puck past Lundquist. That was a beauty. 15th goal of the season and his final as a member of the Minnesota Wild. Oh, sad. Very sad moment there. I, I like Mikhail Granlin. That one kind of hit me a little bit, but again, what's the problem with Minnesota the last five, six years? When we've been making the playoffs and we've been a good team, we've been a good team, but good is not good enough. you got to be better. Just good is not good enough. Um, haven't been shooting the puck. They've been just kind of coming up with little lame excuses after the game. Uh, at the end of the day, just, oh, we just got to play better, blah, 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 you know, and it's just, you're kind of getting some of that vanilla mentality out of the locker room. Not saying that Granlin brought that, but Coyle certainly did, and others along the way. Zucker, I don't know what to make of him sometimes, but even his wife said he needs to, <laughs> he needs to play like he wants to stay, which is kind of funny, and he was virtually gone to Calgary, according to Michael Russo and uh, uh, reporters in Calgary, Alberta, where the Flames were flaming mad, pissed off, and all that. 
at the trade not going through. Something went wrong. It, the trade was done. Like, Zucker would be on the Calgary Flames today. Today. If God knows what happened. A computer glitch. Back in the day, you'd call it a uh, jam with the fax machine. The fax machine jammed when the Wild were, uh, well, no, this was the Toronto Maple Leafs years ago, trying to get Kyle Wanvig. And then the Wild got him, and haha, because of the the uh, fax machine jammed. And at the end of the day, Kyle Wanvig turned out to be a whole lot of nothing anyway. So who cares? <laughs> so I hope they didn't destroy that fax machine in anger with that uh, uh, terrible thing that happened. They couldn't get Kyle Wanvig. It was highly thought of at the time. We'll we'll we'll, we'll call him what they hoped was going to be a Jordan Greenway type, a bigger guy who could really score. And yeah, he was a bigger guy, but they left out the really score part very quickly. Um, had a little success in the AHL, and that was about it. Uh, Kyle Hanvig, massive bust out of the second round years ago. What am I talking about? I'm talking about Minnesota having a nice, solid game against the New York Rangers. Just a totally different attitude. Uh, you got to see Ryan Donato debut. Nice little puck handling. Nice little move. Nice little nifty passes. Tape-to-tape pass to uh, Spurgeon at the end of the day. Uh, helped him score there. Ryan Donato, nice start to, the, to his career. Also, again, helping out uh, Jordan Greenway later on in the empty net as well to add a stick and assist. But Donato, again, showing what he can do out there. Obviously, he's a shoot-first player, but he can he can really dish the dish the sausage, <laughs> the sauce as well, the saucer as well. So he's done a wonderful job. Uh, Parisi, also <laughs> the beneficiary of a embarrassing turnover. Uh, <laughs> New York, that one, that one hurt. Uh, it was... Uh, Brady Skies, yeah, yeah, it was just an embarrassing turnover. Brady's, Brady Skies, number 76 there. Goofy play. Um, well, it wasn't even goofy. He just, he tripped. He got tripped. Just an accident. I don't know if it was a, could have been a penalty on Minnesota or what the heck happened there, but he tripped and the puck went right to Parisi, one-on-one with, uh, with, uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, puts the wild up. Three to one. That was great with 11 minutes remaining in the, third period. Jordan Greenway would get the, the helper, the empty net at the end of the day, pardon me. Tenth goal of the season, so he reaches double digits for the first time in his young budding career. Does Jordan Greenway getting the empty netter in Minnesota, getting the win 4-1. to one. A nice, solid overall victory. The Wild haven't played the Rangers all that hot over the years, but on occasion, they have a nice little game like this, and the Wild just a different team. Um, Detroit scared the crap out of me. Classic trap game. Two years ago when Minnesota was playing great, we would get right past Detroit. But then the last two years, it's just been, uh-oh, we're playing Detroit. You know, and it's not like Detroit's good. They're nine games under five hundred. But, well, I don't know what the problem is. We just can't play well against this club. Minnesota, though, opening up a 2 nothing lead over Detroit. We all know about the dangerous two-goal lead and all that. But still, they got the job done, did Minnesota. Uh, mostly the young guys helped carry this club. And it was a, a beautiful thing. That third line working together one last time before they have to get split up with the Kevin Fiala acquisition and Luke Cunning having to go to center of the second line, which is the darndest thing you ever heard. But uh, that third line, oh, Eck, Cunning, and Donato. I mean, I, you could keep them there, them together forever. They might as well have been the top line. Played so great in this game. Uh, Jordan Greenway, again, on the top line with Zucker and Stahl. That line was not disturbed one bit. Tyler Bertuzzi ultimately would get his 15th goal along with Anthony Manta on the power play. Again, the Wild giving up at least one power play every single game. <laughs> every single game. It's been a frustration, but they'll get a power play just about every single game as well. Eric Stahl finally ending his little drought there before inking a two-year extension. 3.2 mil per year moving forward for the veteran Eric Stahl. It was about 3.25 actually, three and a quarter, so $6 million 
six and a half million dollars, pardon me, for the next two years after this season. Eric Stahl remains in Minnesota. The trade did not happen. They negotiated a deal basically like, hey, I don't want to be traded, so we'll at least uh, bring the salary down a little bit here. We'll be reasonable. We don't need a huge chunk of change. It was basically like, hey, if you want to stay here, you got you got to work with me, did Paul Fenton. And, uh, well, he did. And Eric Stahl will remain with Minnesota. Six and a half million over the next two years. So, at least it's not five million plus like D'Amico Quaid, almost six million a year, uh, two-year extension at the end of uh, the year before last coming in, which ultimately helped seal the doom for uh, Chuck Fletcher. Just, I don't know, too too much cap stress. But the wild salary cap situation will be significantly different at this stage. Mikhail Granlund, again, still on the roster for Minnesota. He would be on the roster on Sunday as well. This was a back-to-back situation. You thought Eric Stalex and Ned, and there's number 40 standing there. Big, big shaggy himself standing there <laughs> between the pipes. And he had a hell of a game, and Minnesota ends up winning 3-2. to two. Luke Cunning scoring off of uh, his two two line mates there, Yul Eriksson-Eck and Ryan Donato working together again. Ryan Donato, a point every game. Just been beautiful. Again, six points in four games. A couple of multi-pointers in his first game and his fourth game with Minnesota as Ryan Donato is 4-0 as a member of the Wild. Jason Zucker continues to get a point a game of late, helping out uh, Jordan Greenway's 11th goal. As all the young guys just really stepping up here. Jason Zucker, you can call him a middle guy, as obviously Minnesota has been unloading most of the middle guys, and they just about unloaded Jason Zucker, too. It was pretty much a done deal. Um, pretty pretty amazing. We'll talk about that in the fan interaction segment. Some conversation, believe it or not. Some a bit of fan interaction, finally, on the Brave the Wild page on, on Twitter and such. Uh, guy talks about Brad Hunt as well, Bemidji State there. Pretty cool. But a nice, solid win for Minnesota. 3-2 to two victory. Again, some good stops by uh, Mr. <laughs> Devin Dubnik, but it could have been one nothing Detroit pretty easily there about midway through the first. I mean, Dubnik, again, way outside of the net and getting kind of cute with the puck, trying to make a play, and it's picked off, and shot was right on net. Perfect shot. Uh, it would have been an easy empty net goal for Detroit, I believe. Uh, and then at the last second, Whew, Mikhail Granlin swoops in and just took the puck away. Thank God. That was a goal for Detroit. It was a goal. I mean, it was no problem. And thankfully, Minnesota survives that. And, uh, well, I think Mr. Devin Dubnik, if you happen to go on WCCO and you get a gift certificate for a uh, Marie Silver Butter Knife Steak on that uh, whole Sid and Dave show, Dave Mona, in the mornings of uh, for WCCO Sunday mornings, if... Uh, Dubnik goes there, you better give that gift certificate to Mikhail Granlin for the next time he visits Minnesota, which could be coming up very soon. One way or another, give him a civil butter knife steak or something like that. Something related, uh, because that was embarrassing, Devin. That was embarrassing. That almost cost us again. Oh, just like the New Jersey game. That made everybody pissed off a few weeks ago. Don't do that again, Devin. Please stop doing that. You're a veteran, man. Couldn't believe it. Let's move on. The segment's very long again because there's just so much to talk about with all the trades. The trades are finally all over and done. The acquisitions, for now, at least until the draft, this and that. Unless the Wild cut somebody and pick someone up waivers. Who knows, but I don't think that's going to happen at this moment. That was the 22nd of February. You get a day off and then return home to play the St. Louis Blues on the 24th. You just figure this is a loss. St. Louis has been unbelievable. They've won 11 in a row. They're as good as the Wild were a couple years ago with Bruce Boudreaux and we went on that massive 12-game win streak. It was so much fun. And frickin' Columbus kept theirs going. It was two teams with 12 wins in a row playing each other. Something's got to give. And frickin' Columbus won. 
And you just knew it. You just knew it. And it was so disappointing. And Jake Allen was, well, playoff Jake Allen. He was the Jake Allen that frustrated the crap out of us just two years ago when the Wild were a spectacular team and number two in the NHL. Number two team in the entire NHL. We were the St. Louis Blues of 1991, basically, when the 91 Blues were number two in all all of hockey and the Blackhawks were number one. Just like the Blackhawks were number one and Minnesota was number two that year, uh, just two years ago. Kind of interesting how that kind of comes together. But St. Louis ends up knocking the Wild out just like the North Stars knocked the Blues out that year. And, uh, well, that was cool at the time, but this one wasn't. Uh, this game was great, though, at the end of the day. Devin Dubnik, again, spectacular, but so was Jake Allen. It felt for the longest time Minnesota wasn't going to win this game. Couldn't muster a whole lot of shots on net, and then all of a sudden they got a ton of shots on net, but Jake Allen continuing to knock everything away until a very clutch play very, very late. Uh Minnesota very clutch in both of these last games. Uh, great defense by the Wild, though. St. Louis would get their scoring chances, but Minnesota, again, stopping as many as they can. De- denying St. Louis to get the 30 shots on that, which is good. Devin Dubnik knocking away all but tw- all but one of 28 shots, so a very solid, strong game for Devin Dubnik, and boy, did he need this. Uh, overall, a very low-scoring game, and it had to go to overtime, 1-1. to the Wild kept St. Louis off the board until midway through the third period, and you're scared to death that the Minnesota would somehow cough this one up at the end of the day. Luckily, that was not the case, thank God. Uh, Hendricks would not play in his final game with Minnesota, but of course, Granlin would. Little did we know whose final game it was going to be. Almost everybody thought Jason Zucker was going to get traded, and he did, but it didn't happen, that type of thing. Zucker getting another goal, though he'd been playing great. So luckily, hopefully, we can ride some type of a, a, a string here with Jason Zucker. He would score the goal in the second period, getting on net. Again, this one was from the point, actually. Nope, that was the next game against Winnipeg, pardon me. This one a little bit closer. Jason Zucker putting the puck on net. Again, 15th goal of the season, working with Eric Stahl and Jonas Brodeen, who hardly ever shows up on the scoring, but it's okay. It's okay. I mean, Jonas Brodeen, I guess, you know, Ryan Johansson, that type of thing. Hopefully that's what Ryan Johansson's on his way of becoming, at least a Jonas Brodeen. He'll, He'll get you a few points. By moving the puck forward, this and that, and then ultimately, hopefully, setting up the next assist at the end of the day, which is what Brodeen did here. Uh, Jason Zucker, again, 15th goal of the season, continuing to show up in these ongoing games after that very, very, very long drought. Jason Zucker scoring some goals and getting some helpers in just about each game here, at least a point a game moving forward. But that Pietrangelo goal on the power play, again, another power play given up, another power play given up as it's at least won a game for Minnesota of late. The penalty kill has just gone down the tubes, but Minnesota still surviving. Another very close, very close, painful type of game, just like last time around when Minnesota and St. Louis played. Lots of blocked shots, lots of denials, but then some bruised bruised joints, some bruised uh, spots all over your body after these blocked shots by St. Louis. Minnesota ends the St. Louis Blues winning streak forcing overtime, and Ryan Donato, a couple opportunities, a couple of plays where Ryan Donato was losing the puck, I don't know, kind of stick handling and such, changing direction, maybe a little too quick, and losing the puck for a second, but recovering it, luckily, nobody close enough to cause a problem, thankfully, so that was fortunate, Ryan Donato getting a little bit sloppy with his stick handling at times, but at the end of the day, Parisi and Donato working together there. Ooh, it was a beauty. Brodeen actually ended up with two assists in the game, if you can believe it, as that was the that was the trio in the overtime period. St. Louis would have their opportunities. Dubnik would not come away, but Minnesota was clearly the better team in the overtime period, even though St. Louis was the better team in the third period. 
grid survival by the Wild there in the third period. Donato ultimately, from the left side where he belongs, actually shooting it right, shooting it with a, shooting it on basically a like right side type of shot. Beautiful play, though. I don't know how he was able to finish this one. Um, it was a pretty weird, awkward angle. Jake Allen, yes, you probably should have gotten this one. Obviously not a good goal given up by Jake Allen, but he had a hell of a game. Give him credit, as he's had tons of success against Minnesota, and he actually had had recent success. And he's got to, with uh, Jordan Bennington being so spectacular, he's going to take all the minutes if uh, uh, Jake Allen doesn't step up. So it's one of those things. Uh, competition within is not a bad thing. In-team competition isn't a bad thing, because then everybody's playing well. Everybody's aw- awake and playing their heart out. Uh, Jake Allen did, but Ryan Donato able to finish, and again, it was like, oh, Donato doesn't have any points yet. His little point streak's going to end to start off his wild career, and then it doesn't as Donato wins it in overtime. Seventh goal of the season at the end of the day. Spectacular, fun victory, ending St. Louis's streak in XL Energy Center and ending some of this bad, terrible luck in XL Energy Center the past uh, several weeks here. Whew, <laughs> ending St. Louis's winning streak and our losing streak in XL Energy Center. You had to Winnipeg. On Tuesday the 26th, you figure, okay, Winnipeg obviously has been great all season. They're one of the strongest teams in the league. Can we get it done? We've had massive success against this club this year, and the Wild end up continuing that 4-0 against Winnipeg this year. I can't even believe it after they just destroyed us in the playoffs last season. Uh, We had some regular season success against Winnipeg, but not a whole lot. Nothing like this year. Uh, Wild definitely had a better record last year, but still up and down. It's not like we were great last year. We were the seventh seed in the Western Conference. But this year, the seventh seed doesn't mean as much as it did last year because the competition was a lot stiffer. Uh, This year, there's a lot of teams that are, well, not trying hard enough to get that position. And luckily, the Wild are hanging on to the final wild card spot at this stage. They were seventh at the end of this game. Minnesota ends up surviving in a game that could easily have been lost. Uh, Again, another power play goal given up. Another power play goal given up. This one's a shyful. 31st goal of the season. No shame in giving up a goal to that guy because he's one of the best players in the league, as is uh, just that whole team, basically. That top line. Oh, they're unbelievable with uh, Winnipeg. The first, well, the top two lines. Blake Wheeler as well. Uh, spectacular. Uh, Brad Hunt in the second period. Pretty much the midway point of the game. Just that. I just love the motion on that shot. Way out there. Just, again, getting the puck on net on the power play. Get the puck on net. Just shoot the damn puck. Somehow, someway, he was able to get it around people. He was patient. He was waiting. He was waiting for the right time to release that puck, and he released it perfectly. Ah, and it got past the goalie that wasn't playing all so hot most of the year, Hellebuck, because he could be on his way out to another team. Who who knows what's going to happen with Connor Hellebuck. Um, It's not like he had a bad game, because the Wild got 40 shots on that. So, again, save percentage, 9-5 in the game. Obviously, very strong performance by him throughout the game, keeping the Wild at bay. But Brad Hunt, oh man, that was a beautiful shot. Ended up tying up the game. You thought the Wild weren't going to win. You could just kind of feel it. Patrick Laine, just like, you know, like freaking 15 seconds later. Or is it 14 seconds later? Might as whatever it was. Patrick Laine, 29th goal of the season. It's just like, whatever. I guess it's not our night. It was a nice three-game win streak. I guess that's just all there is to it. Oh, stop after stop by Connor Hellebuck and block shots, this and that. The Wild were playing their heart out, though. Putting the puck on net. Just shoot the damn puck. Shoot the damn puck. Shoot the damn puck. Minnesota kept shooting the damn puck. Jason Zucker on the point from the power play ends up finishing a beauty with, boy, I mean, fortunate as all heck that the Wild got to go on the power play. Because, again, as long as, I mean, even though the Wild's penalty kill has not been so hot, their power play has been. And Jason Zucker finishing from the point after not being traded. 
<laughs> no. Oh, God. After not being traded. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Scary moment, right? He was not traded in the game. Kevin Fiala debuted, uh, obviously, as well. But no, not being traded, ends up not going to Calgary and ends up rewarding Minnesota for kind of sticking with him, even though he kind of didn't, with about a minute and a half remaining, tying the game up in stunning fashion. Like, oh my God. This is also with the extra attacker. So we're talking six on four here. A six on four situation for Minnesota. So it was a fortunate situation. Again, we had two men extra, not just one man extra. And Zucker, again, finishing there, a beauty. And then Yul Eriksson next, just moments later, golden opportunity. Parisi would feed the puck forward. Brodeen also getting it to uh, Eriksson Eck, who would attack the net from way out there. And somehow, someway, got it past uh, Connor Hellebach. It was almost a similar situation earlier where, uh, I guess the St. Louis Blues, the game before on Sunday, where Yul Eriksson Eck, you thought for sure he was going to score. He was just unable to raise the puck past Jake Allen and unable to jam it past Jake Allen's pads. Whereas in this case, it's a very similar situation where Eck was able to power it past Connor Hellebuck, just barely, as it squirted through and popped up, and you could see it kind of rolling around in the net. And oh my God, because the, the whistle was not blown, thank God in heaven, because the puck was not dead. Sometimes the refs are too quick blowing that damn whistle. It's happened in Minnesota many times. It happened in the Anaheim game a few weeks back here. Uh, this time around, though, did not happen. And Yul Eriksson-Eck finishes his sixth goal of the year. He continues to play spectacular since uh, taking over for uh, Miko Koivu. And at the end of the day, really, since his first call-up, he's played significantly better. After his second call-up, though, he's played extremely well. Minnesota somehow squeaks away in the last minute and a half with two goals. And they don't even have to go to overtime to beat the Winnipeg Jets. A regulation victory in Winnipeg. And wow, Winnipeg-Manitoba in this case. Uh, just, wow, what a great play. <laughs> what a great play by Euler Sinek. And the young guys getting the job done again. The young guys or new acquisitions or whatever it is. Ryan Donato, a couple of helpers here. The Brad Hunt goal and the Jason Zucker goal. Getting a couple of assists. Ryan Donato, again, now six points in four games for Minnesota. Kevin Fiala in his debut. Small sample size. Eh, he's, he looks okay. I mean, I don't know. You can see he's, you know, he's not this superstar yet. I don't know if he's going to be, but I do see him being a factor. You could see some speed. You could see something there, but I don't know. There wasn't a whole lot of aggressiveness, but at the same time, it's his first game, this and that. Uh, not used to anything. may take him a little bit longer to adjust than, say, a Ryan Donato, who's just starving to get back to the NHL after sitting down in uh, uh, Providence for a bit there, the Providence Bruins, at the end of the day. Not Providence like in... Uh, not the Providence Friars where Brandon Doheim is. Maybe he'll be with Minnesota someday too, hopefully. Another left winger, though. Holy cow, good luck, right? <laughs> Everybody's a left winger. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Kevin Fiala, though. Again, he's also playing out of position. I can't imagine that's the easiest thing in the world, but capable of doing it, uh, just like everybody is, I suppose. Some are more capable than others of it and more comfortable with it. But to Kevin Fiala, okay, sample size in his first game. Not a whole lot to say just yet. Just not as hungry and, and go get him as Ryan Donato was right out of the gate coming from uh, Providence there uh, in the AHL. So Minnesota with a 4-0 and week. Spectacular start. We've got three games to play coming up. Calgary Flames Saturday night. Yikes. So let's pass out the awards for this week. The Mike Madonna slash Neil Broughton award is going to go to Ryan Donato. What a wonderful addition. What a spark he's been. He's sparked this team. He's, well, He's part of changing the culture of the Minnesota Wild. He's not going to call everybody turds or anything. 
<laughs> like, no, he didn't really mean to. PJ Fleck didn't mean it that way. I don't know why Jerry Kill's freaking out, but no, you got to have a shoot first culture and a no excuses culture. And you're seeing more of that out of Ryan Donato. And I don't know, I, I'd like to see him wear uh, an assistant uh, alternate captain letter at some point in his career with Minnesota because I think he's the type. I think he could wear, wear the A at some point. Maybe uh, Conan gets the C later on down the stretch in the next two to three years here as things completely change as older guys are on their way out. Stahl and Quavo will probably be gone two years from now, more than likely, or on their way out per se. And uh, you got to look to new leadership with this team. And I think Ryan Donato is going to be one of the leaders long term. Hopefully. Hopefully he will be. But I can see it. He's got that mentality, that personality. I like what he brings. Lots of energy and lots of personality as well. He is absolutely the award getter for this week. The James Shepard Memorial. Uh, you know, I mean, nobody played particularly bad. I mean, Batetto, I can only pick on him so much. You know, I don't want to be too harsh and beat up on the guy. I don't know. Maybe just Minnesota not pulling off the Zucker trade. I don't know. But Zucker played well. Or maybe for trying to trade Zucker. Or maybe not getting a draft pick for uh, Mikhail Granlin. You should have probably gotten a draft pick to go along with Kevin Viola because... I mean, Granlin's a 70-point type of guy. Fiala's, you know, not there yet. And he might not be. Who who knows? We don't know how good Fiala's going to be. But at least you're getting, you know, well, obviously you've saved a ton of cap space now. And the potential, very likelihood that you're going to lose Mikhail Granlin in free agency because we're not going to give him $8 million a year. And he's going to get $8 million a year. So it's a smart trade regardless. It's just you wish you could have got a draft pick with him. But I don't know. It just is what it is. And that's how it rolls. That, that's how it goes. That's how the cookie crumbles. It's probably we probably didn't trade Zucker to Nashville because we were going to trade him to Calgary. And plus, well, we're going to do our old buddies a favor and give them this really nice player, Mikhail Granlin. That's in that. So who knows? Uh, I, there's really no major James Shepard Memorial for this week, and I, I can't beat up Botetto all the time. He's not that bad, but he's not that good either. <laughs> With that said. We've got three games to preview coming up right after this extremely, extremely long segment because the trade winds continue to blow and the culture change continues, and it's looking good so far. back here on Brave the Wild. Yet another busy, busy show. All the conversation. We're going to continue it now with three games to preview. Luckily, only two teams to talk about, though, so that'll kind of help kind of chill things out a bit after a very long first segment. Then we can get into the nitty-gritty with the prospects and even fan interaction on this show. Great. I finally get some fan interaction. Been missing that. Again, want to thank those of you that have given positive ratings for this show of late as well. Uh, not not a new one this week, but those of you that have given them, thank you again so much. It's just helped so much. It makes me feel just uh, more and more positive about doing this show over the many, many years. So, again, thanks again. Minnesota heads to the Saddledome, Calgary, Alberta, on the 2nd of March, as the month of March is upon us. At least, not at the 2nd I'm recording this, or in the final day here, the final day of it, but uh, Minnesota Wild are already in the month of March. 64 games played, 
Oh, number 64. Going to miss you. But we're going to maybe see him. His wife went into labor and they finally had their kid there. Uh, bad timing for that trade. Is right when his wife went into labor, the trade happened. And that's not easy. And that's just the way the business is, I suppose. Log jam in the Central Division, by the way. Minnesota, 68 points. Cal- uh, Colorado, pardon me, 68 points. Dallas, 67. Chicago, 63. As the Blackhawks continue to catch up to 500 and continue to be a dangerous team. I don't think we play them this month. No, we don't. Very busy schedule, though. Whew, March is always busy. It's a lot of fun. Play the Rangers again. Play the Stars, the Islanders, the Avalanche. It goes all over the map here. San Jose Shocks coming up. And, of course, a home-and-home with Nashville. As that's become a popular group there. Home-and-home with Nashville. Hopefully, I'll keep doing that every year. Again, Calgary, Alberta, though, for the moment. On Fox Sports North and CBC up there in Canada. In the Calgary land. Calgary Flames, second in the NHL in goals. 230. Whew, second in the NHL. Eighth in goals against because David Riddick has been really good after an icky start by Mike Smith. And Smith stepped up a bit. Again, the in-team uh, competition is never bad. Flames continue to be in first place despite struggling for a little while. But they certainly have picked it up again of late. They had a losing streak of about six games. Now they've won all of their last five. So uh, the Wilds' chances of continuing their win streak are going to be very tough. Minnesota has not played Calgary well for a long, long time. This team scores goals. <clears throat> That's about all there is to say. This team scores goals, and they get solid goaltending. Mike Smith continues to get his record uh, up, up, uh, up, and up, and up, and up. David Riddick is a dazzling 22-5 and five on the season. 2.56 goals against average, which is average. It's, it's average at the end of the day, but <clears throat> the goals for in front of him have been fantastic. Calgary dominates the puck. Calgary has the speed. They have the scoring. They have everything. They have the chemistry. The Calgary Flames are finally looking like the Flames of the early 90s and late 80s. The team that used to win the Stanley Cup, at least. Well, they won one. They went to the finals in 86, losing to Montreal. Rematched with Montreal in 89 and took the took the Cup that year. As the Flames were dominating the whole league that year. They were what, basically what Tampa Bay is this year. Where it's like, they're probably going to win the Stanley Cup. The Tampa Bay Lightning are probably going to win the Cup. But Calgary just might make it very interesting. And maybe they'll get it done. Right now, if I was a betting man, Calgary and Tampa, Stanley Cup Finals, rematch of 2004, and strong possibility the same team's going to win, but maybe Calgary gets it done this time. Um, But uh, obviously, Tampa Bay and Calgary, very similar. The big difference, I think, is the goaltending. Calgary's goaltending is decent, where Tampa's is elite. Tampa's got scoring like crazy. Calgary's got scoring like crazy. But they they can lock down a bit, as they very recently beat New Jersey 2-1. The Flames... Two home games here, February 20th and 22nd. They beat the New York Islanders 4-2. to That's pretty good. Beat the struggling Ducks, who have been a thorn in the side for Calgary for about 20 years or more. It's been really rough. Uh, <laughs> they just could not beat Anaheim, but I think they could now in a playoff series, no doubt. Uh, at Ottawa, one of the worst teams in the league, looking for the top pick in the draft again. 24th of Feb, 2-1 to victory. Pretty close game there against uh, Craig Anderson and Ottawa. At New York Islanders, on the 26th, that's a tough win. 30th, uh, 3-1 to victory. Classic 80s type teams there. The Flames and the Islanders. Gotta love that. And Feb 27th, back-to-back. A tired but uh, ready-to-play Calgary team shuts down New Jersey 2-1. to Very impressive victory there. Mike Smith has been great. A couple of shutouts. He's been really good. The veteran goalie, he's up to 19-11 and now after, again, an awful start to the season where it looked like it was going to derail what could be a first-place Calgary team, which I think now they're there to stay. I'm Seven games ahead of the San Jose Sharks. No games in hand between them and Vegas. They're all even. The only team that has a game in hand is Arizona, who's suddenly above 500 now. How about them? Arizona Coyotes. It's about time, right? It's been a while. 
Um, one game in hand, so to speak. I know, it's just one of those lame excuses. Edmonton is 30 points behind the Calgary Flames, so that little quote-unquote rivalry is turned pretty one-sided like it once was many years ago with Edmonton winning four cups in five years. That was pretty impressive. But uh, Calgary got to the finals that one year that Edmonton didn't. That's <laughs> kind of funny. And the year after, uh, Gretzky was traded to Los Angeles, California. There I go, bantering about into freaking history again. But I love history. Calgary, again, seven-point lead on the division. That doesn't guarantee it for him, but 41-16. and 16, That's a dazzling record. You got the just talented player after talented player. Uh, Johnny Goudreau, he's going to get 100 points this year for the first time. He looks, just looks unbelievable. 82 points, 30 goals. Stay healthy. That's all I got to say. I want the Flames to succeed, even though there's bad, bad history with them this past year. Again, they used to drive us crazy, but I've, I've been a I've been a fan of the Calgary Flames since the late '80s. I, I just, you know, I've always kind of liked the team. Minnesota will always have my heart, though. The North Stars, the the Wild, whoever will always be 100% over Calgary. So don't worry. Um, again, this could have been Jason Zucker's club. I always thought maybe somehow Mikhail Granlund was going to wind up there if his brother stayed there, but his brother's in uh, Vancouver now which is kind of funny. Uh, Monaghan, obviously a dominant goal scorer. He's a 35-40 goal type of guy. Goodrow might get 50 this year if he keeps it up. 30 goals on the year, but 42, no, 52 assists on the season. He's a plus 16. Monaghan, no, Lindholm is a plus 30. Monaghan's only a 7. That's crazy. Mark Giordano is playing like Brent Burns right now. He is just unbelievable. A typical 40 to 50 point defenseman, but this year he might get 80. I mean, I just I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. And he's in his mid-30s almost. Uh, what the heck has gotten into Mark Giordano? But the chemistry and the scoring in front of Mark Giordano and the fact that these guys have stayed healthy, knock on wood. Knock on wood. Uh, and the addition of Elias Lindholm. What a unbelievable trade. You, you know, you, you trade away Dougie Hamilton and look at Lindholm. I mean, wouldn't it be great if the Wild could pull this, something like this off? Maybe Ryan Donato could be that kind of guy. Fiala, please, please, Donato, Fiala, one of you, can you become an Elias Lindholm type of trade for us? Please, that'd be great. And then Mark Giordano could be Dumba, you know, 60-point guy, 70-point guy, Matthew Tachuk, up-and-coming Luke Cunning slash Greenway slash whatever. Oh, that'd be great. Wouldn't that be freaking awesome? Wouldn't you be just, ah, oh, <laughs> that'd be really good. That would really be nice. Uh, Sam Bennett is just kind of meh. He's an okay, you know, bottom six guy. Mark Jankowski is a good, solid third-line center, 25 points. The team's a little bit top-heavy, but still, the guys underneath are still solid. I mean, Jankowski, Janokowski, Janokowski, pardon me, Janokowski, 25 points on the year. Nothing great. I know, third-line kind of guy, but at bare minimum, Yul Erickson is at least that guy right now, the way he's playing. Anyway, it ended up being a heck of a lot more as time continues. Hmm, I wonder, were the Wyatt going to just get Froelich in a draft pick? Was that what was it going to be for uh, Zucker? But yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. I know there was some commentary on there. Supposedly that's who it was. Froelich is just okay. Like, a, you know, he's, he's had some runs, though. I shouldn't say that. And he's missed some time this year. James Neal's been a quite of a bust of an acquisition. I Stunned. 55 games, only 15 points for James Neal. I'm stunned. Remember how good he was? With the National Predators, and then the uh, Vegas Golden Knights goes to Calgary and just disappears, but again, look at the lineup. Look at the lineup in front of him. It's kind of like, well, I guess you're third line, brother. Go get him. And that's kind of what's happened. Calgary is just one guy after another. 60-point player. They have five 60-point players on their team, and even Michael Backlund has been good for many years. Uh, almost 40 points. TJ Brody, obviously, solid defenseman, 31. Um... 
But no, I mean, they got Goodrow, 82 points. Lindholm, 72 points for Elias Lindholm from Carolina. Monaghan, obviously, goal-scoring. Vinam, who could set up other players. Because it's the chemistry so damn good on this team. That's why they're so good. 69 points for him. Matthew Chuck 61. Giornano, 60. So, a team that's playing out of their mind. Their next game is against the Minnesota Wild. So, rest for both teams. Minnesota, an extra day, because they did not play on the 27th of February. Today is the 28th. I shouldn't, yeah, no, I can say that. It doesn't matter. Uh, I shouldn't say it, right? No, I can say it. Um, I don't think the Wild win the game. And put it this way. If Minnesota wins in the Saddle Dome, boy, uh, hopefully this is the start of something pretty magical over Minnesota, if if uh, this continues. It's only March, though, so it'll only be March the 2nd, so you can't get too excited. But Calgary's gearing up for some home ice advantage throughout the playoffs, all the way up to the Stanley Cup Final. And uh, go from there. If Tampa Bay happens to get upset along the way, Calgary would host the Stanley Cup Final for the first time since '89, and I think they'd win. I think I think the Calgary Flames would win the Stanley Cup. Uh, right now, I cannot pick Minnesota to beat the Calgary Flames as much as I want to. And again, put it this way: if if it does, it's going to really jumpstart this team. You beat St. Louis, which was freaking awesome. You beat Winnipeg, which was freaking awesome. You beat Calgary, that's freaking dickin' awesome. I mean, we're talking. Here we go. You just beat the top three teams pretty much in the Western Conference. And, I mean, one of them was in the Excel Energy Center where you've struggled forever. And then if you could beat Winnipeg and Calgary on the road, I mean, I, holy Toledo. I mean, here we go. Then you just please don't follow it up with losses, like home losses to New York or something stupid like that. that that's what you got to make sure you don't do. Or losing to Nashville the next night. That's the crappy part. That's the crappy part. you got to play Calgary and then Nashville. So it's going to be really difficult. I don't think the Wild come out of this with a uh, perfect record, but I do think Minnesota, there's a strong chance the Wild come out 2-1. and one. Oh, boy. Ooh, I think they come out 2-1 and one in these upcoming games. Calgary and then Nashville twice. Oh, boy. Yep, another Sunday night, uh, Star Sunday. Nashville Predators. Hopefully Grandlin plays in that game at XL Energy Center. Think of how quick that was. Hopefully he's ready to go. I'm guessing he will be because he'll have had enough time since that trade and the, the, the mother going into uh, labor and all that. I'm guessing he'll play his first game. Um, it's intriguing. I'll just make a quick note also. St. Louis, they beat Nashville again. No Granlin. I had to check and make sure last night. Um, boy, St. Louis right back to winning again. Bennington with a shutout. So St. Louis not messing around after losing on Sunday to Minnesota. Um so that's definitely something to talk about. That was the 26th, a couple of days ago. No Grandland yet. So I'm guessing he debuts on Sunday in Excel Energy Center by then if he doesn't debut the day before, up and coming. I think Calgary beats the Wild, though. I, I, I just do. I mean, I don't know. They're just the, they're pretty much as good a team as there is in the league right now. Um, like them or not, they're just way up at the top. And Minnesota's history against this team forever has been really, really rough. Uh, I think Calgary wins the game 4-2, to 4-3, to three, something like that. Hopefully the Wild can make things interesting. If it's a clamp-down type of game, maybe somebody like Donato Greenway saves the day. I'm going to pick Greenway to be the most likely guy to score for the Minnesota Wild. I just got a feeling, I mean, I like Greenway against these type of teams. He's physical, you know, and playing physical. You're going to want to play a physical brand of hockey against Calgary, try to knock them around, but then again, try to avoid any type of injury this time. Uh, it's just guys getting hurt one way or another with these teams. Goodrow um, getting hit a bit, and then you have uh, Giordano getting hurt for a couple, uh, for like a day or two. 
um, earlier in the season. That's the only reason he's missed two games this year was uh, the injury. And then he had the whole uh, situation with uh, Matt Dumba. So obviously a huge frustration. And Matt Dumba's from Calgary. So he grew up as a Calgary Flames fan. Um, so it's interesting how things are kind of really, uh, the Flames are really starting to burn between these two clubs. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Calgary will win the game, unfortunately, I think 3-2. to two. Most likely guy to score for Minnesota is Jordan Greenway. So now we will play Nashville back-to-back. Only team to talk about as this show continues to drag on. I apologize. Just an interesting situation here. Uh, Nashville's in first place in the Central Division at the moment. Not quite as a dazzling record as the Calgary Flames. So we'll see how they do with Mikhail Granlin now as one of their top players. Pekka Rene has been a veteran for uh, been a veteran solid goalie for a long time. Three shutouts on the season, 9.15 save percentage. Uh, Staros ended up taking the loss, facing 44 shots against St. Louis the other night. Nashville continues to be a solid team. They're three and two in their last five. They beat Dallas five to three on the 19th. Uh, two to one two days later against LA, a home game. They lose five nothing at home versus Colorado. Colorado's starting to really pick it up again. Whew. 5 nothing at home versus Colorado. Ouch. They beat Edmonton, who's not so good, but a pain in the ass for the Wild on Feb 25th, and then a back-to-back and a loss to Biddington and St. Louis. Tracing 44 shots, so a good solid game for Soros in a back-to-back situation, but could not get the win. Kind of a Josh Harding type of performance. Playing a very good team on the road, and you know, facing 40 shots, hanging in there, but not scoring. And it's just, that sucks for uh, Mr. Soros. Ryan Johansson, a nice addition not too long ago for New Jersey, uh, New Jersey for uh, Nashville. Roman Josie's got to be one of the top defensemen in the league right now. He's second on the Predators in scoring 51 points. They're not missing Weber or Mr. Uh, Suter at this moment. They're really not. I'd rather have Roman Josie. I think a lot of you would too. Suter's definitely still struggling with the uh, situation there. Uh, recovering. Uh, Philip Forsberg's had a bit of a down year, but he's been productive at the same time. Down year with the injuries, but been productive when he's played. Uh, Arvidsson also missed a lot of time, and it's hurt Nashville a bit. Picasso Pan's missed a ton of time. That's why he's not way at the top either. Only 23 points, and he's only been in 47 games, so some key players missing a ton of time. Kyle Turris, only 41 games on the season so far. Ryan Hartman acquired from Chicago last year when the Blackhawks weren't doing so hot, and then uh, he's not doing a whole lot for the uh, the Predators right now, so big disappointment there as well. Um, so Nashville's still hanging on to first place, so they're not dazzling like they were last year, when a lot of us thought they might win the Stanley Cup last season. Maybe this year, playoff time rolls around, and away they go, and they go to play Tampa in the final, but um, I don't know. I wouldn't pick them to go to the finals. They might be a team the wild face and upset in the first round, hopefully. Could be exactly what's going to happen. I would not be surprised to see Nashville not uh, sort of survive the first round of the playoffs this year. Unless they just somehow get it all together, right time, right place. Kevin Fiala, of course, the f- former member. Basically half a point a game. 64 games, 32 points so far for Mr. Kevin Fiala when he was with Nashville and now with Minnesota. And hopefully uh, Kevin Fiala will score against his former club. I think he will. I think Kevin Fiala will be the most likely guy to score. This one's an XL Energy Center. It's a funny history between these two teams. It's kind of like right down the middle. Like you, you, win, you, Wyoming and Minnesota usually wins the home game and finds a way to not win the road game. Both games will be on NBC Sports, which is pretty damn cool. Uh, you got the Star Sunday and then the Tuesday hockey action, which is really always fun. I love those Tuesday night games on NBC Sports. Uh, I think the Wild split these. I, I guess Minnesota's going to go one and two this week, which I'm not trying to be negative, but it's a tough schedule. 
Uh, if Minnesota can sweep Nashville, that'd be great. I think they can, but... Oh, boy. Mm. Uh, I think the Wild can sweep Nashville, actually. I'm, I'm going to pick the Wild to sweep Nashville. I think an Excel Energy Center, the Minnesota Wild defeat Nashville. Final score, 3-2, to two, something like that. Um... It kind of, you know, uh, the Minnesota Wild going to go with, uh, you got to go with Dubnik and Calgary. You might see Staylock. I, I expect a little energy. It'll be fun to see Staylock in that. I think you got to give Dubnik a night off. Please, Boudreaux, give Dubnik a night off. Last week, you left him in there for the back-to-back, and he did not let you down. Unless he's downright spectacular against Calgary. But if he faces, like, 45 shots in, in like, say, you beat Calgary and he stops, like, 44, 45 shots, you win, like, 4-1, to 3-1, to 2-1, 2-1, to to just grind it out. Barely escape with a win. Go with Staylock the next night, okay? You can't play Dubnik every game. You just can't do it. I mean, this is what's killed the Wild going into the postseason every bleeping year. And if you want this team to have success in the postseason or, say, down the stretch of this busy schedule, as Dubnik, year in, year out, has just gone down the toilet in March because he's tired. Uh, sit him down, please. Sit him down. Put Staylock in that. Minnesota wins 3-2. to two. Kevin Fiala scores right away against his former team, and that's what I do believe will happen. Honest to God. On the road on, on Tuesday against Nashville, I expect a little bit more of a... Uh, oh, boy. It, we tend to get those crazy high-scoring games in Nashville, don't we? We tend to get those weird, crazy games against Nashville. Uh, P.K. Subban, again, has not been so, so hot. He's been the most likely guy to score against Minnesota forever. When we play the Nashville Predators, he always finds the back of the net, as does Forsberg. It's always those two guys against Minnesota with Nashville. Somehow, I think the Wild come out of it 4-3. to three. Um, Something like that. It's going to be a back-and-forth type of game. Maybe it goes to overtime. Most likely guy to score for Minnesota against the National Predators. We'll say Zucker continues his uh, ongoing streak, point streak or whatever it is. Maybe it ends, but at least he has a nice moment here. I think he saves the day, wins it in overtime, something like that for Minnesota. 4-3 to three victory. A back-and-forth type of game. Maybe the Wild trail 3-2, to 3-1 at some point in the game, 2-1. to one. I think the Wild keep coming back. I think they will be behind in multiple cases in the game. But the Wild come out and escape with a win. A uh, overtime or shootout type of victory. Nashville will get a point out of it, but not the win. As I try not to coffee it up. Thank God for the dump button there. <laughs> but Minnesota... Does finish two to two and one this next up, upcoming week, despite the tough schedule, and you head to Tampa Bay, Florida. We'll talk about them next week. A Florida two-step at Tampa at Florida as the Wild do every single year, and oftentimes it doesn't go so hot. But we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Hopefully, it goes better. Let's talk about the prospects now, shall we? As per usual, we open things up with the Iowa Wild. Carol O'Reilly, who got teased last week. A kind of a fake call-up that was just kind of an insurance type of thing. Sent back down immediately. Never got to play for Minnesota. Leading the club in scoring along with Gerald May, who has been on an absolute tear. He's a plus 16, which leads the way for Iowa. Again, minor league players, but Mayhew is a possibility to crack an NHL roster somehow, somewhere, just like Kyle Rao, both 25 years of age. Matt Reed, again, also been wonderful down there. Hardly got to really get a sniff with Minnesota this year. Brennan Mendel, again, the unsigned free agent, or undrafted free agent the Wild got last season at the age of 20 out of Woodbury, Minnesota. It's been a nice story, adding another assist, 26 points. He leads all defensemen in scoring for the Iowa Wild, but the most exciting statistic for this young man. Because you're always afraid, like, okay, he scores a bit, he, he, he gets points, but how good of a defender is he? He's pretty good, and he's a right shot, and this and that. He's a smaller guy, but not that small. 
but uh, people people thought maybe he would be a Spurgeon replacement if the Wild end up trading George Spurgeon at some point. He's a plus 13 on the season. That's the statistic that's been great. Sokolov, the fourth line right winger Sokolov, who's got all the talent in the world, but still needs to kind of get things together. Luckily, he's only 20 years old, so still got a chance. Turns, uh, wow, same birthday as my old cat. <laughs> April 14th, wow. Turns 21 on the 14th of April. Hopefully, again, that doesn't affect him in a negative way, if you know what I mean. Nudge, nudge. So uh, both Mason Shaw and Sokolov adding assists this past week because they've been in scoring droughts forever, especially Shaw, who started the season out great. He's really gotten quiet. He was one of the leading scorers almost all season. Just, 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 it just completely vanished. 26 points in 56 games now. He was at a point a game for like forever. Sad. 22 points for Sokolov, his 12th assist of the season. Uh, Honest has been extremely quiet. It's just been the minor, it's just been the classic minor leaguers that have done all the scoring. Will Biden has gone in a drought. Louis Belpedio has gone in a drought. Susie's gone in a bit of a drought. You don't expect a whole lot of scoring out of Susie, but he'd been on some type of a run there. Brown, obviously, was a point in the game down there. He's back at the NHL. Uh, Capella, Capella has been decent. That's the one who's been okay. He's had seven points in the ten games he's been with the Iowa Wild. A left shot defenseman acquired not too long ago. I thought he was left shot. <laughs> I believe that's what he is. Yes, yep, left shot. 24 years of age. Uh, replaced uh, Ryan Murphy down there. And Every time you look at number six, you're like, oh, it's Ryan Murphy. Nope, it's it's Donato with the Minnesota Wild. Mitch McLean is the number six in uh, <laughs> in uh, Iowa. Ryan Murphy wore 24. He's not going to wear that up here, though, apparently. So <laughs> I can't imagine why, right? No, no, no kidding, right? <laughs> oh, the goaltending's been adequate. Andrew Hammond's been better than uh, Kakinen of late. Kakinen's been... I don't know. He's been he's been giving up the goals, three or four goals a game lately. His goals against average is almost tied with Andrew Hammond, who's been keeping teams at bay. Two-to-one type victories oftentimes when Andrew Hammond's been in that. He's got that goals against average well below three now, 2.74. Save percentage a point zero zero two higher than Kakinen. So he's been good. Where Kakinen's had those red-hot games, the five shutouts, but we haven't seen a shutout out of Kakinen in quite a while. Dropped off a little bit, but it's to be expected. And <clears throat> Kakinen's got a nice future in this league. 33 games. He's pretty much been the starting goalie ever since the injury to Andrew Hammond much earlier in the season. But the Hamburger burglar has definitely been significantly better the past two weeks or so. Again, not a whole lot of exciting things to talk about with the Iowa Wild right now. None of the prospects are really stepping up in a big way. In the college rankings, Jack Sada continues to get a point every weekend or so. Uh, Gopher is a nice split versus Notre Dame as they continue to kind of hang in there for home ice advantage uh, when it comes to the uh, Big Ten tournament, which is the only hope for Minnesota making the tournament this year, the, the uh, NCAA tournament. Sadik now 16 points in the 33 games. Career high there by 5 points over a sophomore season a few years ago when the Gophers were damn good just 2 years ago. This year, not so much, but complete career highs for Mr. Sadik. 4 goals, 12 assists on the season. Top defense in but a minus 6 for a team that has struggled mightily. Uh, Sadik, expect him to be on the Iowa Wild roster in April. I say that every year, or I say that every show, and that's what's going to happen. At the end of the day, Sweeney, 2017 7th round pick for Minnesota out of MN Duluth. He's just one point away from matching last season's uh, <laughs> matching last season's numbers at 22 points. Definitely become more of a shoot-first player compared to last year. He had 6 goals and 16, uh, 16 points for the national champion UMD Bulldogs last season, but this year 13 goals and 8 assists for Nick Sweeney. He's been getting about a goal a weekend, which is nice. 
the past few weeks. And uh, 21 points now, knocking on the door. He is a plus 10 for the national champion Duluth Bulldogs, who look to try to uh, repeat. The Lakeville, Minnesota native Nick Sweeney. Love that guy's chances of being something in the league. Maybe he could be a Ryan Donato or a lesser version. Who knows what's going to happen at the end of the day. Philip Johansson still stuck at three points. Oh, nope, he's at four now. He added his third assist this past week. He had his first goal about a month ago. That was exciting for him, I'm sure. Ryan Johansson, first-round pick, 24th overall, because the Wilds still had a pretty good record last year. Uh, four points now for Ryan Johansson. <laughs> and his, uh, his brother by name, anyway, Simon Johansson, fifth-round pick defense, but another right-shot guy. Born in 1999. A little bit more of a point producer, but still nothing great in the Swedish league. There are 11 points for him in the 40 games. Three of those goals. DeWare, DeRoe have been solid, but they're in the junior leagues. Uh, Kovanov's a guy I, mean, I love to death. Again, junior league, so you can only get so excited. Uh, Ladnia had been out forever, and he has still been out. It is really frustrating. Only 32 games played on the season, but 36 points. Oh, yes, he did just recently return, finally. And he's actually had a couple points in the couple games he's been back. 36 total points now, finally returning for the Niagara Ice Dogs. He was stuck at 32 points forever in 30 games. So, yeah, four points in two games in his return. He'd been out forever with injury. And uh, Ivan Ladnia, that's a very, very long stretch. Brandon DeHaim, generally more of a pass-first guy, but he's got career highs in every number. Another positive, solid week last week, a goal and an assist. Nine goals in the season, that's a career high in his junior year for the Providence Friars. So again, out of the Boston area in terms of the school, but from Parkland, Florida. Same age as Nick Sweeney, interestingly. Uh, 28 points, again, a career high. For him at plus 18 for Providence, who's having a pretty damn good season this year. Plus 18, 28 total points with his 19 assists, which is, matches his uh, career high last year in his sophomore season. Good run for Brandon DeHaim. Mr. Uh, <laughs> Sam Hedges continues to miss games for St. Cloud State, unfortunately. Number one in the nation. Good start to his collegiate career, but quieted mightily the past couple months here, unfortunately. <laughs> just, a, just a point of every couple, like a point maybe every two weeks or so. For Mr. Brandon DeHame. Jack McBain, number three. No, no, it's kidding. No, he was a third round pick this past year. He's at 11 points, six goals, five assists in the 28 games. Again, for a not so good Boston College team. So, other than that, pretty much that's it. Obviously, Kirill Kabrizov has been spectacular. He's leading the uh, KHL in scoring. He has just been unbelievable. But it's just like right now, it's all a tease until Minnesota can finally get him, and we got to wait another year. So, another year after this one. He is leading the KHL in scoring, though, 51 points, 29 goals. He's just been unbelievable. Um, has Kirill Kaprizov. He's one of those guys who could be the future of this club. Again, another left winger, but I'm sure Minnesota can find a way to get Kirill Kaprizov in the lineup. Maybe Jason Zucker finds a new home at some point this summer. We'll see what happens. Maybe he winds up with the Vegas Golden Knights or the Los Angeles Kings. He's originally born in California, but grew up in in uh, Las Vegas, so we'll see what happens with the, uh, Mr. Zucker. He he wants to stay here. His wife's from here, and this and that, and she told him on the air. She said, on the air, on the power trip, I don't like that show, but I heard about the quote and everything, that uh, she said, well, he needs, to, he needs to play like he wants to stay, which is pretty funny. She actually said it, so I kind of like that. But, uh, well, we'll see what happens. Because uh, well, there's a lot of guys who can sh- who can play that position, who are, are hungry and 
<clears throat> a lot younger and all that good stuff. So we'll see what happens with Mr. Uh, <laughs> with Mr. Zucker and Kaprizov in the upcoming year here, the upcoming year, year and a half, unfortunately. It's going to be a bit of a wait for uh, Kaprizov, but he is looking more and more the part because, you know, in these European leagues, guys don't score all that much usually. I mean, re- remember Koivu's numbers, Ulerik's next numbers, this guy's numbers, that guy's numbers. It's usually like, that's it, like nine points in 20 games. Uh and then you got Kaprizov, who's like more than a point a game, and he's just 30 goals, and man, he's going to be a hell of a player. Can't wait till he dons a wild jersey. I pray to God he does. Oh, I pray to God he does. Fifth round pick, 2015, 135th overall. And that's why he slipped, because it's tough to get him here, yeah, where guys like Kovanov are already here. They're already in the juniors, so that's why he went in the third round. He's a center he will be a center at some point very soon for Minnesota, I gotta think. Hopefully we can get him to Iowa uh, right away, like next year. Because obviously, that's what I like about Paul Fenton and, and of course, uh, Dean Evison in the past. He was the coach of that team. Now you got Mr. Army down there. He's doing a good job. Um, they're very focused on the AHL and building up that AHL and getting players to improve down there. Look what happened to Luke Cunning and Jules Eriksenek this year. My hands to my ear. Anybody out there? <laughs> listening to this one, look what happened to them. Do you notice the approach? Do you notice how much better they've gotten since they played extended time in the AHL, like a month or so? Look how much better they are now, rather than just NHL right away. Go get them. Okay, you can play two or three games in the AHL. Call them up. Let's go. We're desperate. Get him out there. And then 16 game, no, 60 games later, he's got five points. You know, in, in, instead you got guys scoring a point a game, a point every game and a half. I mean, uh, that's so much better than, than what we were getting before, where it's like a point every 10 games, every 15 games, every 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 like month, a, a point a month, something like that. That's how it was for Ulex and Eck just about for a while there. Goes down to the AHL. He's scoring more than a point a game for an extended period. Comes up to Minnesota. Completely different player. I mean, I am a fan of that. That's how you run an organization, an organization. And that's what I like about Paul Fenton. You can kind of roll your eyes at some of the moves or give a little side look. Maybe not roll your eyes, but give side looks like, he just did what? And I am i don't agree with everything he does. I don't agree with the Batato move. God bless Batato, but he should probably be in the AHL and be called up if needed, this and that. Or someone else shouldn't be here. If you love Batato so damn much, he should be playing on the left side. Full time, you know, If he's going to play, he should be playing on the left side. And somebody should be playing on the right side that shoots right, stuff like that, rather than lean all one way, kind of like the state does. But <laughs> that's an inside joke. I think most of you know what I'm talking about. But <sighs> but um, that's kind of been, the, that's the one complaint I have is he's doing the same thing Fletcher did with the left, 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 left. I mean, could you, can you even things out a little bit? Like this seesaw is leaning left a little too hard. So <laughs> that's about the only complaint I have about that. But this approach by developing guys in the AHL, like Louis Belpedio, who I think is going to be a much better player because of that. Like, uh, again, Dmitry Stokolov, who's going to be a significantly better player because of that. Brennan Menel, who's going to be a better player because of it. Yul Eriksenek, Luke Cunning. Luke Cunning spent a ton of time in the AHL. Greenway was the only guy who was just a, uh, NHL right away, and he's been good, but you send him down to the AHL, and he's unbelievable. And he, he's just, he, he comes up a different player right away. Jordan Greenway. He was more than a point a game. He was two points a game in the AHL. Just downright spectacular. So, that's encouraging. 
very encouraging when you see guys dominate down there and come back up and they're just good, solid players. Uh, Cunning never dominated, but he was solid. I need to become a solid player in the NHL level now, and I think he'll continue to develop. With that said, this show has been long enough. It has been, and I've enjoyed the heck out of it. Unfortunately, though, I'm almost, I was almost standing off, but i got to give you guys some airtime. Thank you very much, uh, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild. Thank you, Vince Germano, for retweeting the most recent show, End of an Age, episode 202. Puck 77 followed me. I think I followed back. I did. Cool. Um, I uh, got in touch with Phil Mackey, of all people, this past week. I was talking about how I didn't like potato stepping up. That's not good. Um, and he did it a couple times. A lot of people liked it. Um, people, the most popular tweet of the week, well, two of them, two most popular tweets, well, Brad Hunt was the one. I was saying how I liked how Brad Hunt has become a nice player. Emin Hockey Dad was uh, starting a conversation here. I forget exactly where it is. I'll click on it here. If we can get this convo started a bit. Emin Hockey Dad. Yep, I was saying Hunt. Hunt, I think, is a nice player who's been under the radar for too long. At age 30, poor guy. Bemidji State grad. Um, and Hockey Dad says, I used to do keg stands with Hunt back in college. And he was saying, yes, it's a true story. Bemidji State University, twenty no 2009 through 2014. He lived in, in the hockey house and had the best parties. But to answer your question, yes, it's true. Nice. So that is cool that they kind of, that they knew each other. Emin Hockey Dad knew Brad Hunt. Again, played for Bemidji State, despite being from elsewhere. Uh conversation back and forth how, yes, um, Mark Okern was saying how uh, Charlie Coyle did get the shootout goal and I was showing how, hey, you know, 18 and a half minutes, no shots on goal, same old crap uh, for Coyle. And then I, and then there was an interesting take. I didn't even bring this up, but I figured I'd save it for now. Kind of probably too late though. But uh, basically the, the gist of the whole show today is that the guys that were traded, Neil, Nino, Coyle, and Granlin, the past few years in 48 combined playoff games scored only six goals. Combined. And I was saying that it's an interesting take by Phil Mackey on uh, the Mackey and Judge show on Score North, they call it now, AM 1500. Obviously a good station locally here, and you can stream it on your phone and all that anywhere in the world. Phil Mackey says, that's right, Judge Zolgad. I brought compelling hockey takes to the table yesterday. So he was... He was happy that I posted that for him, and he retweeted it with that quote. Thank you, Phil Mackey, the host of the Mackey and Judge show there. Uh, lots of retweets here as well from other people. Mike Tennyson, I don't think he follows me or anything, but he was saying why the Wild needed to make moves. Six goals in 48 playoff games. Hashtag Wild fans deserve better, and amen to you, my brother. Amen. Uh, the Wild fans did deserve better. As good as those players were, and as likable as they were, shoot the damn puck. Just shoot the damn puck. Apparently there's a new notification. Mark Ogern liked my reply. I was saying I agree with you there. And yes, it was a nice shootout call. Yep, without a doubt. So that's the Twitter section. Again, join it at Brave the Wild if you could. It would be greatly appreciated. Facebook.com forward slash MNW Prospects. Look up that page. MNW Prospects. Big shout out to uh, Mr. <clears throat> Pavel Bunnett and... Merrick Skybot of the Czech Republic. They keep up with the Minnesota Wild Prospects just like I do on this show. I'm an admin for that page and I greatly appreciate what the young men have brought to me over the course of time. And I, I like helping them out as well. Little teeny bit of language barrier, but he knows how to... He's still a very, very good writer, this and that. But just a minor language barrier, which isn't a huge problem for anybody. We love you guys. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, <clears throat> Minnesota Wild Hardcore as well. Major shout out to the guys there. We'll talk about them at the very end. 
Facebook.com forward slash BraveTheWild.Minnesota. I will post a link to the Facebook page as well, and of course the MNW Prospects page. All this information will be in the show description at the end of the day. So some conversation I posted about coil. Mostly, the most of the reaction was on Minnesota Wild Hardcore, but again, I showed the box score. It was 17 minutes, zero shots on goal for Mr. Coyle against St. Louis. <clears throat> the Kevin Fiala trade took place. No conversation, just likes. What generated conversation is Hendricks was the one traded, but they were, the conversation did kind of jump back to uh, 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 the Kevin Fiala deal. Drew Bunting, out of Northern California, a San Jose Sharks fan, he was saying, how are you feeling about the Grandland move? I was saying, it's a tough one. He was one of my favorite players. I do think he's going to be too expensive to keep and taking a chance. And the 22-year-old Fiala could wind up being good later on. Biggest problem is everybody is a left winger, and it's going to be really tough to balance the roster. And that's one thing I've been saying on this show. So, uh, interesting thing there. So it wasn't really about the Hendricks move. Here we go. And then you get the... Uh, uh, two-year extension, $3.25 million annually for $6.5 million for veteran center Eric Stahl. And Lou Nanny was talking about, hey, in the next couple of years here, as other guys get better, Eric Stahl can move to the third line. And it's not the end of the world if that happens. So good good thought there. Obviously, Lou Nanny, the Yoda of Minnesota hockey. Joe Weller locally says that's a bargain. Brad Johnson says good price for a solid center. And Benny Allen out of Australia says not a bad price at all. So, yep, everybody liking that one. Conversation continues as the controversy took place. Michael Russo and a reporter out of the Calgary area having a conversation back and forth <clears throat> while on air, pretty much, while on the Paul, on the Barrero show. That's who it was locally. There was a bit of a couple of texts back and forth as a story would break about a Minnesota, pretty much had Jason Zucker traded to Calgary. Um, there was no immediate conversation as to who the trade was for. But very interesting. A uh, report that the Flames were white hot after losing on Jason Sucker as he remains in Minnesota because of some strange last second uh, stop there. Um, Michael Fix says, What was Calgary offering up for Zucker? That's what I want to know. And I was saying, Same here. David Abraham says, Same here. Brad Johnson says, Supposedly it was Michael Froelich, yep, like I was saying, and a draft pick. Froelich has a limited M- NMC. Not sure if Wild were a team on his list. Yeah, the no-move no clause. Um, maybe that had to do with it. I'm guessing no. But at the last second, the trade did not take place. Froelich isn't the guy that would have made me too excited, to be quite honest. But he's had some success in the past. So I suppose it's... Uh, you know, he's he's had some success. Yeah, you hear about him uh, a lot on the, uh, on the uh, Fireside Chat, Calgary Flames podcast out there. That's interesting. That's really interesting. You click on the guy and it goes nowhere. Michael Froelich. So that's kind of weird. I don't know why that would happen at all. That is the darndest thing there. Now it worked. So yeah, again, not productive this year. Older guy. So I don't know. Why would you make that move? <laughs> he was a first-round pick in 20, you know, back in 2006. He'd had some success, but never much. I don't know. I mean, it's just to get rid of Zucker's contract, I suppose and then get a draft pick in return. I'm not sure what the pick would have been. So when you see draft pick, what was it? A first rounder? Was it a second rounder? I would hope you could get something for Zucker that's worth it because League is a guy that would just, you know, Pontus Aberg-like, you know, he's just okay at best. Even You know, he's had some success, but not much. So that's that for that. <laughs> that's that for that. Cute conversation there. With all said, thank you again for your inclusion on the show. I appreciate it oh so very much. 
I uh, want to encourage you to call into the phone lines, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Brave the Wild. Do your statement, shout-out, comment, question, and opine. Would be greatly appreciated. The same number, uh, you click on the Call Now button on the Facebook page, it goes to that same number through Facebook Messenger, so it's free as long as you're, well, you know, on the Wi-Fi or something like that. Connected to the Internet, you'll be fine. Cellular charges could apply with data, data possibly, depending on if you have limited data. But usually that's not a huge problem these days where data doesn't get gobbled up as quickly. But I recommend being on Wi-Fi if you can, just in case. Uh, With that said, the most recommended approach, I think, to getting on the show with your voice is the audio submission route. Simply use the free voice recording application on your smart device. Or if if you're a podcaster and you already have a microphone and an editing software, editing audio software, whatever it is, record that way. Save it and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. I will then convert the file to an MP3 if it's not already. Personally, like it was from your phone, an M4A, whatever, <clears throat> I can easily convert it. Thanks to zomzar.com or converto.com. Very happy to give those sites a free plug because they give me free service. So <clears throat> as long as the file isn't too big, which it wouldn't be if it's an audio submission, greatly appreciate it. Keep it to about five minutes or less if you could just for the sake of time, this and that. But if the Wild won the Stanley Cup, make it as long as you want. <laughs> as long as it's not like a, an hour or something. But uh, you can go on for 10 minutes or something, just rejoicing. But uh, just saying, <laughs> if that ever were to happen, please do write a positive rating for the, or, uh, Brave the Wild if you could on iTunes, Stitcher, or Double, uh, what do they call it? Google Podcast, pardon me. Give that a uh, positive rating if you could. Write what you like about the show. If you want something improved, you could write that as well. Thanks again so much in advance for those of you that have done it, those of you that have already done it, and those of you that may do it in the future. Thanks again in advance for that. It's worth its weight in gold. Oh, so very much. Give you a huge shout-out and a thank you on here if you could. Minnesota Wild Hardcore, always shouting out to them. Jim Maddell, Sarah Maddell, Chad Walski, Chance Costick, David Costick, Joe Weller, who also posts on Brave the Wild, cool guy. Uh, <laughs> can, can be tough on you on occasion, but he's a good guy. He's usually just teasing you around. Nothing major, nothing bad. Nothing like other pages out there where everyone's whining and complaining about something. So with that said, awesome page. And you just might win a Minnesota Wild Hardcore patch. Yeah, that would be, uh, you gotta love these things. They're the best. You can put them on your jersey. And uh, there you go. Minnesota Wild Hardcore is very, very nicely done and highly recommended. Uh, you might win one one way or another, guessing the right score. Or just maybe you commented so well that they give you a patch. There's stuff like that that happened. That's how I got one last year. And this year I got one by guessing the correct score. Pretty damn cool. Thanks again, Chad Walski and Jim Metal for those uh, patches. With that said, wishing all of you a great week. And hopefully the Wild continue success in these upcoming games. Sorry the show's so long, but there was so much to talk about today. And, well, well, the trade deadline's over now, and we got a new approach and an exciting new team. 